0: And gentlemen, welcome back to Inside the Mind of Miles. Certainly, perhaps, maybe, most definitely the greatest podcast in the history of mankind. My wife wants me to quit saying that. I said, I can't. can't do it. Manscaped supports me. Bet River supports me. Greg Eaton supports me. And canards all over the world support me. Goji, wearing a, a, a t-shirt that says K erd nerd. nerd yeah i know
1: you know i nerd. my buddy works for a company called this um newton even newton spelled wrong with the k oh, there too yeah. and yeah, nice I, I told him like people can't you like people are going to buy your product you can't even spell it right but apparently they're really good um they're funny in new york
0: guys. funny smart guys
1: you know he he did go to brown um for free so
0: great color great color yeah Oh, great college too! Yeah yeah. Mike yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I think he's. I think he made the right choice and got had a degree from Brown and did something with it instead of. Yeah, it's
0: a coach. <laughs> waste your time coaching. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's never lose to a color, never lose to a food. Rules of college basketball. <laughs> so that's awesome stuff, Coach. Uh, we had a great time last week. I know you're traveling this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, good luck in your travels hope everybody's safe and healthy Uh, enjoy the heck out of your time off here you've been working it's a great time to go if I had any sense in my mind I would do the same but since I don't do anything but inside the mind of Miles think about it craft it talk to these fine coaches and yourself all my energy is spent right here I just have to stay with it because we're coming down the home stretch of college basketball season it's conference tournament week I mean is this not the coolest week?
1: this is the be- this is the best time i i used to love traveling like because we, we would always play like our, our end of the season was always that last sunday
0: There's Yeah, so we're still, still we're still playing regular season games often in the and
1: it's it's so fun to watch like you'd get to your hotel and you'd you just turn on and you got four different channels of conference tournaments on it would be awesome
0: i mean i've stood in a lot of lobbies watching the summit league championship, the American East yep. <laughs> horizon, you know, I mean, all of those that are going off big week uh, with, with all these tournaments uh, getting going should be a lot of fun. Um, you know um, uh, as we move forward with this coach uh, I, I mean, and we talked about it last week with John Gallagher and, and you and I didn't close with it, but I want to talk about opening with it. You know, I was told you, you need seven straight days of negative PRC tests, COVID tests to be able to play in the ncaa tournament how many teams do you think aren't going to make it you know john gallagher had said you know there's going to be teams that can make the ncaa they're going to have to opt out what do you, that would be devastating to me i mean but think of that how many teams do you think that'll happen to
1: i mean i didn't even i wonder if you if you're on the bubble do you want to be tested so you could be called in so I
0: think this is NCA wide. I think that, you know, every team I believe is going to have to go through the testing. I mean,
1: I'd say seven to nine teams is my guess.
0: You think seven to nine of the 65 teams won't be able to play in the NCA? See, I think one, I, I
1: think it'd be more than we think.
0: So, so what's the m- most pauses that we've had at one time, like 19.
1: Yes. I think it was yeah, right around 19 or 20.
0: 19, something like that. So I'm just doing the math. That's 17 on 350. So now you take, you know, now you're down to 68 of those, which is what one fifth, you know? So you take one fifth of 19. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're down to uh, four or whatever. True. Am I close? Yep. Right? Yep. Four or five, somewhere in there, four and a half. Well then those are also the teams that are, have the most to lose. So they're really being careful. So now I'm squeezing that down in half and I'm saying they're going to get lucky because it's conference tournament time. And people <laughs> had it. But you look at places like, um, there's places that, you know, remember if you tested positive, you have a 90 day window where they, you know, you basically have immunity now that's running out on some of these guys too, you know? So it should be, it's fascinating. You know, I think your number is high. I would take the under and, um, but I, I would say there's going to be one or two.
1: I, I would feel confident setting the line at around four and a half, five.
0: Okay. I, under. I think that under, I think under, the, under
1: the length. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the over just so we're, lunch, we're at it again. Lunch, lunch, <laughs> lunch. Nerd. Um, I just think that the length of time that they're going to be together, that all it takes is that Sammy cam is one slip up for a program and then they're out. And it's like how everybody opted out of the ESPN tournaments down at Disney was going to host all of them at the wide world of sports. And they said, if you had a positive test at any point, you're forfeiting your games and everybody bounced. And I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a similar thing where once they get together, they might play too. I mean, it's like Utah state played uh, San Jose state. I think a couple of weeks ago, they played the first game, didn't play the second game.
0: I think that was Fresno
1: or yeah, it was Fresno.
0: Yeah. San Jose. Yeah. yeah so you need to work on your con- cancellations. I'm on top of these cancelations. You, you can tell you have a full-time job somewhere else.
1: I'm trying to help them spell nerd right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Newton. So, yeah. uh, so Coach, we're in for a treat this week. Um, Buzz Williams, I mean, successful at Marquette, Virginia Tech. Now he's building it again at Texas A&M, his home state. This is going to be a great one. I'm looking forward to it. Is there anything on the top of your head you want me to ask, Coach Williams?
1: You know how he brings the juice every I mean he is just so energetic and and he is instilling such good values on his guys like he does he just does it all and he's always got energy I mean how, social, how does he
0: bring it he's a social media giant I mean folks if you watch if you go to the Buzz Williams either website or go to his timeline and go through that I mean the stuff that he's done everywhere he's been he really does a, a great job with uh, giving you an inside view of his program and, and in his mind. So we're going inside the mind of buzz today. You know, so my, my, uh, my
1: favorite story. And I don't know if you remember, but we, we pulled the clip out. So we played them in Anaheim mm-hmm. uh, in sixteen seventeen, And, uh, there was a time in that game, we played them in the third, fourth game and there was a loose ball and scramble. The, the, uh, a lot of sweat on the ground, and the guy underneath the basket didn't clean it up, and they kept pausing the game. And he walks out onto the court, and he just le- yells at his guys. He goes, "Fix this! Figure it out!" And then they had three guys run over, grab towels, and start wiping. Three players. Players. Yeah, nah, grab, yeah. Just wiping down, and the whole bench like gets up, starts cl- clapping these guys on. Like that's the kind of guy, like the energy that he brings.
0: Yeah. He, he does. And, and you talk about, you know, running through a brick wall, players running to go clean up the floor. I mean, stuff like that. Uh, he, he brings out the best in people. This is going to be a fun one. So, folks, without further ado, on to our guest this week, Coach Buzz Williams, Texas A&M. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers, now's the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus on your first deposit, but what sets them apart is they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you play at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast, and now it's even faster with rush pay, instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, secure, reliable. With March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better... Uh, time to give Bet Rivers Sportsbook a try. Go to BetRivers.com today, download the app, Bet Rivers. You must be 21 or older. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1 800 GAMBLER, G A M B L E R. Thank you. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Inside the Mind of Miles, which we know is the best podcast in the history of mankind. And it is today, especially because we have Buzz Williams. My hero, this guy is so cool, so great. He does so much for all kinds of people. My only SEC coach. Oh, no, that's not true. Never mind. My the best SEC coach on Inside the Mind of Miles, Coach Williams. Thanks for joining us,
2: Coach. I appreciate you asking me. It's great to finally see you.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the last time I probably saw Buzz in person was uh, Buzz did an awesome clinic, he invited um. Some different coaches from different leagues, all to his house. We were at Marquette at the time. That was years ago. Well, I've seen you in person since then because you whipped our ass when you were at Virginia Tech and I was at Nebraska in that Anaheim classic. Uh and uh but you did that clinic. I think we called it the um the uh the the best of the best is what we called it, I think. And but,
2: <laughs> it may it, it may have had something like that.
0: Yeah. So, but you had Bob Huggins was there. I think Tad Boyle and I was lucky enough to be there. Jim Molinari came, we all presented and it was, and it was all levels of coaches. What made you, what made you decide to get a group of coaches together in Milwaukee from all over the country and just honestly put your guard down and talk hoops?
2: Yeah. One of the things that started that uh, coach was I realized like the older I was getting, the harder it was to find people who felt comfortable sharing information just so that I could learn. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. Uh, but the, the people that I have always seemed to feel most comfortable sharing are the ones that have earned their way. Uh, and so I think sometimes because of the exposure of what we're able to do, sometimes coaches that are not at this level, it's perceived as if they can't coach and in truth, I think they probably can coach even better because they have to figure out different ways to be successful. So, uh, similar to you, uh, I've coached at every level of mm-hmm. college basketball except division three. And so what I did was I invited four people from each category for junior college, division three, for division two, for division one, for NBA. And then I have always, tried to make sure that I gave proper respect uh, to those that have done it before. So I invited four uh, retired coaches and then four fired coaches. Um, And so that was how it started. And then the, the rest of the invitation list was any head coach that I had ever worked for. And then anyone who had ever worked for us. And as you remember, I mean, uh, it was pretty cool as far as the the wealth of experience that was there and all the different stories. And then as it was kind of working itself through, I was like, well, we were going to have to kind of narrow down who's going to talk about what and what is it that we need to learn from. You remember we had the coach from Rollins. They run yeah. all of those different zone presses back to different zones. Yep. You remember that was when Lenny Acuff was at – Alabama, Huntsville, Huntsville, and and everybody in our sphere knew how gifted he was as yep. a coach. Um, so he mean? is the one that had turned me on to the coach at Rollins because they were in, they faced each other in the NCAA tournament each year almost on the way to the Final Four. So uh, I thought that was uh, that's one of the unique things that has happened in my career. I still have that picture that we all took and in yep. in the gym and everybody signed. So it was really cool.
0: I tell you, that was a, a remarkable time. I loved it. And and folks, it was one of those under the radar kind of things that you'll read about in 15 years about the time all these guys came together. Yeah. Because it is all walks of life, all kinds of people. Uh, you know, your famous guys like Bob Huggins and Buzz Williams, but but regular Joes too. And, and, and everybody contributed. And I thought, and, and you felt comfortable. And the hard part about being a college coach, as you well know, is when you're competing against each other in these big leagues, and what I mean by big, not only high major, but large leagues, a lot sure. of teams, um, and you're recruiting against each other, you just don't always feel like you can share the way you should right. share. And and that's where you've always been kind to me. We have a mutual friend in Gus Bradley, uh, who is now the D coordinator for the LA Raiders. Uh, and so look out. Uh, I mean, Raiders are going to love that guy. Uh, and um, and and he's one of those energetic guys too, if, if you if you've ever heard him speak, you'll know what I'm talking about. And and that was just such a cool thing. And, Buzz, you got your start literally at the bottom. Let's face it. You um, worked at junior colleges in Texas. Uh, you uh, started as a Division One assistant at Texas Arlington, where really did they like combine jobs to give you the assistance by, didn't they?
2: Yeah, it was $100 a week. It was pretty cool. <laughs> um, the job paid 4800 and I was able to live in a dorm room that had been condemned next to the police station on campus. It was a one, uh, one level dorm that had four rooms that for some reason had been condemned. And uh, I was able to live there for $200 a month, which was over half of my take home pay. But it was like uh, maybe three blocks from the office. So I didn't need a car and it worked out great.
0: Did you go bald, like in the next eighteen months, or anything like that? Maybe. No, uh, I
2: I don't know if uh, my my daughter uh, just turned nineteen a couple of weeks ago, and our son, our oldest son, turned eighteen yesterday. I'm not sure when this is going to be broadcast, but next week. um, Okay, so uh, you you won't say this, so I'll say this. But you know, I was an assistant for four years at Colorado State for Dale Lair. Uh, who is currently on our staff at Texas A&M. And then eventually uh, you were at Colorado state and that's how you and I became friends. Yep. Uh, when I was an assistant for coach at Colorado state, he hired me and didn't know me. Um, and so I was the lowest paid uh, guy on his staff. And after uh, I got married 18 days after coach hired me. And so uh one calendar year of last place in the mountain West in year number one at Colorado state. Um, my wife became pregnant with our first child and then immediately thereafter, uh, three months later, she, uh, got pregnant with our oldest son. So, uh, they're almost Irish twins. They were born a year and two weeks apart. And so, um, I was getting my haircut at one of the nice places there in Fort Collins, and yep. I had you know good gel at that time. <laughs> uh, get, actually, gave a tip, used all the right uh, brushes, etc. And uh, I started reading all these books, like um, how you know how to be a dad, uh, how to go through labor, etc. Just all of the things that you're inundated with yeah, on the way expect? to parenthood. Yeah. What to expect when you're expecting. I for sure read that. So. um, I was nervous financially, like how how is my wife going to be able to stay at home and how are we going to be able to make it? And should we turn off the cable? Should we get a smaller apartment? How can I save money? So I was getting my hair cut twice a week. And so I just stopped. Uh, I shaved my hair. And then I started, uh, we started buying diapers with what was my haircut. Okay, so fast forward, because nobody wants to hear all of that. It's in our third year at Virginia Tech. That was the first year we went to the NCAA tournament. And uh, I decided I wanted to go on a thank you tour. And what I had realized in year number three, as it was approaching, we might have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament, was our kids were nervous. Our kids were anxious. Our kids were feeling pressure like, we've never done this. What if we don't do it? But what if we do do it? And so I went to Claire's at the mall in Christiansburg, which is the neighboring town of Blacksburg, and uh, I bought those little mirrors, those little mirrors that your daughter played with when she was learning how to put on makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought everybody a mirror and gave it to them and said, uh, here's a little uh, hook and I want you to carry it on your backpack. And I want you to carry the mirror everywhere you go. And anytime I say, Hey guys, go get your mirror. I want you to be able to have it in two or three minutes. And we would open the mirror and obviously see the reflection of ourselves. And I wanted it to be a sign I remember that there's so many people that have helped us have this opportunity and how the mirror, if we could show it towards our mom or towards our high school coach, like we want to reflect them. And it was just uh, maybe a way of easing the pressure that I began to feel that they were trying to process and didn't know. So as the days kept going and the weeks kept going, I kept giving different people opportunities to say, who would your mirror reflect today? Who do you want your mirror to reflect today? So when the season was over, we went and did a thank you tour. Uh, Everybody uh, on our staff went and saw every single parent. Uh, this is brilliant, honor by to... the
0: way. This is brilliant. Tell, tell well, us about
2: this. Tell us thank, about thank, this. Yeah, no, nobody's ever asked me. And I honestly, to be honest, Coach, I don't know why I'm even talking about it because I've tried not to make it public. But maybe it's just because I'm comfortable with you as a coach. So we go – this is during a recruiting period. It has to be during a recruiting yep. period. So we're going to recruit uh, today, Wednesday, and then we're trying to figure out how Wednesday night we can see one of the parents on our current team. And then on Thursday, how can we start the day seeing another parent on our team and then run around and recruit all day that day, wherever that particular parent is. And so it became real cumbersome relative to the itineraries. We were able to do it. And I gave each parent uh, a highlighter. And on the highlighter, it said, thanks for being a reflection of who we want to be. I love it. And um we would take a picture at each stop with the parent and all of us holding a highlighter and then send it to their son who was on our campus. And it was just a way to try to explain like how to have a grateful heart, how to be thankful, how to realize it's never going to be about you. It's always going to be about a lot of people helping you. And so uh, when, when we were doing that tour, like it was, it was so good but it was so exhausting. It was the first time uh, Virginia Tech had been to the NCAA tournament in a while. I know they're about to go again. And Coach Young's like, as you know, he's a genius as almost a savant as an offensive coach. But um, when we got back in May, I just quit shaving my hair and my daughter who I call sissy, because I'm from the country. She sees me a couple of weeks later and she's like, dad, why haven't you cut your hair? And I'm like, Well, Sissy, the tour's over and I don't have to go speak anywhere and I can't go recruit. So I just, I don't know. I just haven't paid any attention to it. And she goes, well, I didn't even know you had hair. (laughs) And she, she's 16 at the time. And I said, Sissy, you know, I have hair. And she goes, no, I've, I've never seen you with hair. And it was literally in that conversation. I was in the office and she had happened to stop by after school. And I said, I guess that's right. And she goes, I, I thought you were bald. And I said, no, I actually started cutting my hair so that mom and I could like get ahead before you were born and buy diapers. I said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll grow my hair out over the summer and we'll take a picture just so you know that I have hair and then I'll cut it off before the season starts. Well, I never did. And so I, I know that I'm, I'm losing my hair now and I'm balding. And that was a few years ago. Uh, but that's kind of how the hair story started. Isn't
0: that an amazing, amazing circle, folks? <laughs> I'll tell you who else helped uh, Buzz Williams is Scott Barber. Scott was a great friend of ours. Our first our first guest was Fran McCaffrey, who's a great wow. friend of Scott's, who we've yep. lost. And and now with Buzz and myself being at CSU, Scott was always generous. Uh, his apparel was always great. He actually made sweaters, folks, that, that, that yep. Buzz wore one for a half. Um, I I wore one and um, they were to benefit coaches versus cancer. And there were these big Argyle throwback, you know, uh, uh, it was great. They were great. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to bring that up because you, he is a dear friend of both of ours.
2: You know, I don't know why uh, coach, he was so nice to me. Obviously I was an assistant uh, at Colorado state and it's the only hobby I've ever had. Uh, Maybe it's too flamboyant at times. Maybe it's too off the beaten path. But uh, I spent a lot of time, obviously, just my mom and I, uh, early in my life. My parents were divorced when I was very, very young. And so uh, clothes have always been more important to me than they should. And it was kind of the single parent mom raising a child, telling them, uh, you know, pack your lunch the night before you go to bed, pick out your clothes. Uh, put them on the couch, let mom approve them. Uh, (laughs) Mom has to wake up and go to work before I have to wake up. So I've always just kind of, uh, I don't hunt. I don't fish. I don't play golf. I've just always liked clothes. And um, so as Scott's business was growing, it was kind of beginning to gain traction towards the end of my tenure at CSU. And he would come to the games and I would talk to him and, I would say, hey, is that one of your new shirts? And he would say, yeah, that's for next fall's collection. What do you think? And I would say, well, let me feel it, and <laughs> what kind of buttons is it, and where did you get the fabric? And so, uh, then as I became a head coach, you know, he always wanted to make me clothes, and I, I've, I've never taken a shoe deal or a clothing deal. I don't, I don't ever want to do that. Uh, but I've always bought a lot of stuff from Scott and he was always like, well, I I can get you this suit or I can get you that. And I would always say, no, I just want to buy it from you. Um, and so our, our relationship grew. And then when he did those Argyle sweaters, I remember yours red and white and black and gold. He sent us, you know, at Virginia tech, uh, this is probably too much for the mind of miles podcast, but (laughs) they're, they have a very unique color combination and uh, they are specific on the tint of the maroon and the tint of the orange and you have to make sure that those um you know it's like a paint code like it's chicago maroon that's the actual name of the maroon so he sent me the original argyle sweater and i um, obviously he was doing that to be kind to us and i said hey scott I really appreciate what you did, and and I understand the intent of your heart, but I can't wear it. And he was like, oh, you don't like it? And I was like, no, it will not be received the appropriate way around here because the maroon is not the right tint. And he was like, yeah, Buzz, it's this maroon. And I said, hey, Scott, I I don't know it the way you do, and I for sure don't know it the way uh, original Hokie fans do, but this is not Chicago maroon, and if I wear it, it's got too much purple in it. And it's not going to work. And he goes, <laughs> in "Trouble, okay, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble." So he ended up remaking it and sending me another one.
0: That's awesome. He, that was so cool. And and uh, you won in yours. You had a big comeback. I got beat, yes, but
2: um,
0: uh, that's I remember that too because uh, there are a whole bunch of pictures of me on the internet all exasperated with that sweater on. You know,
2: yeah, and you, uh, we we ended up. Um, it was so well received. Uh, we ended up. Selling a lot of them th- for through Scott. Yep. Uh, and that was uh, to raise even more money for Coaches versus Cancer. So yep. it ended up working out good.
0: We had some guys too that, that, that hopped in on that. That was pretty fun. Manscaped has partnered with Inside the Mind of Miles to provide listeners with an exclusive 20% off discount using the code MILES. That's M I L E S at manscaped.com to make sure you don't ruin any problems or any summertime vibes with hair coming out of your swimsuit. Before we get back to the show, let me tell you a little bit about their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Starts with a lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer that features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Don't worry about nicking the goods when you're trying to clean up down there. Feel confident shaving yourself with the lawnmower 3.0. In addition to the new blade, the lawnmower 3.0 comes with an LED light for a more precise trim. It's waterproof, so now you can take the grooming to the shower. Truth be told, you don't want to be using the same trimmer down low as up high on your face. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a crop preserver and Anti chafing deodorant and moisturizer. And the crop preserver, which keeps the goods from sticking to your leg, if you know what I mean. Plus, Manscaped threw in a couple free gifts the shed travel bag, $39 value, and the patented chafe free Manscaped boxer shorts. I have mine. So you get 20% off. and free shipping right now, if you just go to M-I-L-E-S, Miles, at manscaped.com. That's $20 off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code Miles, M-I-L-E-S. Your balls will thank you later. You're welcome. So, so okay, you leave Colorado State and you become a head coach at uh, New Orleans. Um, and I, I think it was before Katrina. As, as I recall. Yes, it was. And then, but after a year or two, you leave to go be an assistant again with Tom Crean at Marquette. What led you to that path? And and tell us that, because that's a hard chair to give up.
2: Yes, I, I was an assistant for four years, coach at CSU, and Billy Gillespie was hired at Texas A&M. That's right. Uh, I was the last person that he hired at Texas A&M. It was in May of 2004. And so uh, I was an assistant at Texas A&M for two years. Katrina happened in the fall of 05. And uh, at that time, uh, it was one of the worst natural disasters that had ever happened in the United States. And uh, there are many, many Katrina stories. Uh, I was employed at Texas A&M when Katrina happened. The University of Tulane, uh, a I just said that wrong Tulane university's men's basketball program ended up coming to school at Texas A&M. Wow. And so that entire year they played and practiced in Reed arena, which is where Texas A&M is. And you may remember this, um, the year before that, uh, doc Sander, who was the longtime AD at VCU, who then eventually went to East Tennessee and started a doctoral program for leadership. He just retired last year, but is still kind of involved. He started a program called Villa Six. Uh, That's changed now to Top Connect. But it was basically how he had went about hiring all of those successful coaches uh, at VCU. And he just wanted to find ways to establish relationships with assistant coaches. I happened to be invited to the first one he had. And the second one he had... um, he said, Buzz, I want you to meet the AD at the University of New Orleans. Uh, he's already interviewed four people for the job opening, uh, but I think uh, he would like you and I would like you to visit with him. I ended up being the fifth person uh, that the AD at that time, Jim Miller, interviewed at New Orleans. And this was late. This was uh, in late May of '06, and actually got the job. So I, was, I coached one season. Uh, actually, I coached 365 days at the University of New Orleans, and it was the season immediately following Hurricane Katrina. Uh, the arena had been completely wiped out. Um, we did not have offices. We did not have a locker room. Uh, we, we practiced and played in what was uh, kind of the rec center, so to say, and it had those pullout bleachers. And so our players would just change under the bleachers and then kind of where the bleachers would pull out was about an eight foot uh, space, almost like a concourse. It wasn't a concourse because it's only on one side. Uh, And uh, we I I was able to hire a strength coach for thirty thousand dollars and we uh, on eBay and kind of different ways of buying weight equipment. That was kind of our weight room. And then up there in the corner uh, would be where we would meet at halftime and before the game, just kind of up there uh, above the bleachers and then just kind of come down the steps. Come down the bleachers. And, yeah, come down the steps and play. So I was there 365 days. And uh, at the in that spring, after my first year, they had Villa 7 again. Uh, and that was the first time I had been a head coach. And so they had asked me to speak on, in essence, what had transpired in my first year as a head coach. Coach Crean actually spoke that year. Uh, it was on Nike's campus. That was the first time i had ever met Coach. Um, and so when he hired me at Marquette, I didn't know Coach. I didn't know anything about the Midwest um, or the Big E, anything like that. Um, but I didn't think as hard as it was, and obviously emotionally I really struggled uh, I still have a canvas of all the things that were said about me uh, when I left New Orleans, that I committed career suicide, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously, just because of how things played out, basically eight months later, uh, I was the head coach at Marquette. Not saying that I deserved that, but that was kind of a lot of moves. You know, l- leave A&M to be a head coach for the first time in one of the more difficult situations you could walk into – Obviously, I didn't have the maturity or the wisdom to even understand that. I was just so hell bent in an immature way of wanting to be a head coach. Uh, My family lived, we lived about an hour and 20 minutes from campus because it was the only place that we could live that hadn't been damaged by the storm. And to be transparent, that would be safe for my wife and at that time, three children under four to live. So a uh, very difficult, very difficult time, a lot of lessons to learn from it. Uh, and then when coach hired me, uh, obviously I was thankful for the chance, but it wasn't like I was the most prepared person to walk in uh, to a program as storied as Marquette and be able to help, but was grateful to have a chance.
0: Yeah. You know, when you go through being the head coach at a place, you know, that was in such difficult circumstances, um, you know, when I was the, the coach at an NAI school, Mayville, they were going to shut the doors. That was the big thing is we we're going to shut the doors and, and Mayville had to reinvent itself. And back then it would have been, uh, 95, we became the laptop, um, university. Oh. So every kid got a laptop, but it, it cost us, it cost us 800 bucks. So it hurt my scholarships. You know, I was, I was, it was costing me more because they didn't raise scholarships yeah. enough. So yeah. So you're scrambling like you are just a thousand different ways. And, you know, we didn't really have a weight room and we had a pretty modest locker room that we actually got a chance to redo. And you think like, you know, you put 12 grand in your locker room and you get 12 grand worth of locker room. But at that time, we thought it was killer. You know, I mean, it smelled and a little bit of paint, you know, and what you don't know, because I was immature, too. I was I was 28 years old, 29 it is that, that ingenuity, that, that mother of yeah. invention type of things come out in you. And it really yep. drives you and it feeds that fire a little bit, you know. And and you're doing stuff. And I was acting in a way that no coach should act, really. I was yep. hard on the guys and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I, But, but as I got older and you realize, you know, how those opportunities turn you into who you are in your journey, you know that's, that's right. so that's so great, and and you're right. Marquette has got, I mean, a history of pros and a history of success, and you were highly successful there. And you had pros, Jimmy Butler, Jay yeah. Crowder. What's it like to coach one of the more fascinating guys in the NBA, like Jimmy Butler?
2: You know, uh, the 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 thing on on Jimmy and and many of those other guys. Uh, coach, yeah,
0: I only picked uh,
2: two. No, no, nobody, nobody knew they were a pro. Uh, I I've never taken credit for like, look at those pros. They didn't know they were a pro when they arrived. Uh, and not necessarily while there, did they think that they were a pro? The, the one thing that I think happened and, and all of those guys had a commonality in regards to, they didn't have any other choice. When, when you were the coach at Mayville and they said, uh, we're going to charge you $800 more to your budget for the kid that you want to sign from four hours away. Uh, You didn't have a choice and uh, figuring out how to hustle and raise $12,000 and paint the locker room on your own. You didn't have a choice. That was, it was like you said, that was, it was necessity. It was what you had to do in order to give yourself a chance to be successful. And you were, Maybe immature in some ways, but very mature in understanding this is the only chance I have. And if it doesn't work here, then I have no other chance. And I think uh, those players, Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, uh, Darius Johnson Odom, who was drafted, Dwight Bikes, who's played several years in the NBA, there there were multiple guys uh, that made it. Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews is still playing in the NBA, and he was a part of our team in year number 1 as a senior um there there were there were over 10 of them that signed a an NBA contract Juan Anderson who everybody's talking about with the Golden State Warriors who has Man. an remarkable story he played for us uh at Marquette so I, no matter which person you would choose what i look back at and realize that a part of the reason why it worked is Those kids had the same process as I did in regards to this has to work. There wasn't a choice. And the people around them that they believed in and they trusted, there wasn't another choice of an idea coming from them either. And so uh, why did Jimmy play so hard? Uh, He didn't have a choice. Not because of me. Not because of what I was saying or how I was saying it or necessarily even the drills in which we were doing, he knew that this was his chance. Why does he compete that way now? The exact same. Jay Crowder's in his ninth year. Uh, Jay Crowder uh, didn't receive a preseason all-conference vote entering his senior year at Marquette, yet was picked player of the year. Those types of stories uh, of Tim Miles at Mayville, Mayville is what led to Nebraska. Mayville is what led to Colorado State. Most people didn't know about Mayville until they met you and heard you say it, but they still don't know. They know Tim Miles, the power five coach. They know Tim Miles who went to multiple NCAA tournaments at CSU on his way to Nebraska. That's what they know. They don't know the story. And, and I think it's the story prior to it becoming public knowledge is that that that's what it uh, that's why it becomes public knowledge. It, it's like people saying, Oh, buzz. I remember you at Marquette. And I'm like, ah, uh, thanks for saying that. Cause that clues me into when you yeah. think I Arrived. showed up. Yeah. And like Ma- Marquette. I, I couldn't spell Marquette. I'd never seen it snow above the, <laughs> above the roof of my house. I knew nothing about the big East. So like if you're thinking that that's the beginning that's a good clue for me that, yeah, like I was a junior college manager. I was an NAI manager. Like I, I'm not supposed to be here. And so uh, that you're thinking that that's the beginning. No, uh, Mayville. Uh, let's talk about Mayville. Yeah. Uh, do you know where that is? And do you know what that included?
0: It's the old, um, uh, I was an overnight success. It just took me 20 years to get <laughs> to exactly right. Yeah. So, exactly. so, so, you go to Virginia tech and, and the one thing I noticed, cause um, you and I had known each other now for some time over the course of your eight or nine years at, at Marquette for sure and a little bit before then. And, uh, and the one thing I noticed because uh, I, I think you're extremely bright and I think you're creative and I love to listen to you. You know, that's why you're on inside the mind of miles is that um, is that you started using, uh, social media in a way that not a lot of you, you, you know, everybody wants what's going on in the locker room. And we see it more and more now. And you were probably ahead of it more than a whole bunch of guys uh, using social media and 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 having, you know, maybe a team meeting and uh, a snippet of a minute or two minute speech that you would give the guys or whatever you guys yeah. might be working in your notebooks. And I think you utilize social media in a way that, that had to be attractive to recruits. It had to be fun for the fans and the students and everybody, you know, following Hokey basketball. What what led you to that? Tell me about it.
2: Yeah, um, I was delayed, uh, to be honest with you, Coach, in starting uh, to use social media at the beginning of all of this. And I, I know it seems like an eternity ago. I was well, Buzz. I wait. was scared
0: when I started uh, Twitter. I thought you could only do 140 characters a day. That's it.
2: Like I didn't know.
0: Yeah. I didn't know it was per yeah. tweet. So talk about being delayed, man. Uh, I,
2: I was. I was really nervous. I, I did a lot of research on it. I actually had some other people do some research on it, so I would be uh, maybe not as subjective in in using my thoughts or opinions on it. Um, and then, so when I started, and it's still true today, um, it's my wife and I's account because I never wanted to say anything or do anything uh, that would not be right as a husband, not be right as a father. Uh, I didn't want to use it in an arrogant way. I wanted to see if, how can I use this platform? Uh, number one, can I say something that may help someone? Yep. And then number two, can I use it to represent the people, the team, the program that I'm around each day? And uh, I obviously, social media has changed over the last six to eight years, uh, and I don't use it quite as much. Um, but, but I still have the same philosophy on what I want my account to be about. I never wanted to allow someone else to be able to, yeah, to run it as if it was me. Uh, every tweet that's ever been sent has come from me. I don't know how to do, cut up all the video stuff. Our video guy does it yep. and then I tweet it, but I didn't want our SID running my account. I didn't want one of my administrative assistants running my account. I wanted it to be authentic. I wanted it to be helpful and I wanted it to share or show light on the people that I was around each day. And then uh, during the season, I never hit the button uh where people can tweet at me because that stuff gets in my heart and I don't want to see all of that. Um, Some of the stuff that's even going on now while we're on pause, I just, I I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to, I don't want to allow that to seep into my soul. Uh, So I I don't use it quite as much just because I'm trying to be a little protective, but I do think that uh, there were times that it was very beneficial to what we were doing, particularly early on at tech.
0: No doubt. And the one thing I've realized, again, it, you know, is when you ask your guys, especially to shut out the noise of social media. But some of the more venomous people um, are some of the more enthusiastic if they meet you in person, too, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I thought was always kind of uh, fascinating. Uh, you know, and I'm a fan. Like, I, I yell at the Vikings, you know, fire the kicker. Yeah. Every year, you yeah. know, and, 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 but if I was the kicker, that would hurt my feeling like coach, yes. Miles me, like, and, and so I think you really have to use care and caution in some of those things. And, and, you know, and, and guys are getting more adept to that. We've probably been through it, you know, cause I was on social media in Oh nine. So now it's been whatever that is 12 years yeah.
2: with the That's coach right.
0: Miles account. And, and, and again, it would used to be that, you know, I would try and be you know, have some fun or whatever. Well, then you lose two in a row yep. and everybody's blasting you, putting you on, you know, blast for being the funny guy. Well, why don't you take your job more seriously? But yeah. you know, that hurts you. You know, you're like, come yep. on, dude. I mean, like, you don't think I'm not upset about this, but I did have a fleeting moment in my car that when I got to a stop sign, I put out like, if you're ever in a hurry, follow the FedEx truck. You know what I mean? Like, I mean that guy knows the, how the lights go. He knows the quickest way to home. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, right? So I thought it was pretty funny, but now I'm getting you know ripped for it, but but it's amazing. Um, something else you did at Virginia Tech and maybe even before, I, I don't know, but I will tell you folks, if you go to uh, coachwilliams.com, uh, Buzz's website—it's his coaching website—that's got great resources for other coaches. It's got uh, uh, his story, uh, but it's also got a thing that anybody in the world can sign up for, which is Buzz's Bunch, which is a program. You know, I, I've always run youth programs, and yours has got a special flair to it. Tell us about Buzz's Bunch. I love it. I love the program and love the idea.
2: Thank you. It's um, it started. It, we've had it every year, coach, uh, that I've been a head coach um and i don't people ask me all the time it's for it's a program for special need children uh and we include ball uh so that they can be on a team uh basketball is just the microcosm that we use to develop the relationships and to spend time with these families um when marquette offered me the head coaching job that was one of the four questions that i asked um the president who obviously is a priest Um, before I took the job, was could I start a program for special need children and never restricted in size and never restricted in scope? Um, Coaches versus cancer, it's very specific. We have raised gazillions of dollars uh, in a very good way. I did not want this program to be only for children with cancer or only children with leukemia. I didn't want it to be just for children with Down syndrome. Um, I I didn't want to restrict the scope. And so uh, it has grown. Uh, Obviously, we had it at Marquette. We had it at Virginia Tech. We currently have it at Texas A&M. We weren't able to have our summer activities this past summer because of COVID. We weren't able – two games a year in December, we bring all of the children, uh, whoever can attend – to a game they're able to warm up instead of us before the game on the floor our players are their managers uh shagging balls and passing them balls uh we have a camp the first saturday of august uh every year that's uh that's been going on 13 years now uh so it's it's really grown Uh, i've listened to every mind of miles podcast since this started (laughs) um and you've i mean I think Porter Moser is a Hall of Famer. There's you, you've had stars on there. Uh, Coach Guard, one of the original Buzzes Bunch members, is now a manager for Coach Guard at the How University of Wisconsin. That? Yeah, How and uh, he has been to every single camp that we have ever had. He has not been to every single game, but he had been to every single December game whether that be in uh, Milwaukee, Blacksburg, but not at Texas A&M because now he's on a team at the University he's of Wisconsin. Um, What's this so
0: guy's name? What's his first name?
2: Yeah, his name is Joey. Joey. And, uh, Joey, Joey uh, my family and I went and watched Joey win his fourth national championship in wheelchair basketball in Louisville, Kentucky. That was five years ago. And then that following year he was a senior in high school and he said coach I want to come be a manager for you and I said no uh, you can't come be a manager for me because that's only because you know me we need to find you a place where you can start your own team yeah and so uh, he was able to go to Wisconsin and he's doing great but there are hundreds and hundreds of stories um where the relationships, uh, Jimmy leaves tickets for many of those kids that he met during his time, even now, a decade later, playing in the league. So there's lot and lots of relationships that have been started, not just um, with the kids, but also with their parents, with the families. My wife, obviously, has gotten to know many of the mothers throughout the organization, and it's just we've never restricted it in size. We've never restricted it in scope. Uh, We do a Buzzes Bunch calendar every year. I'll send you one tomorrow. Oh yeah, you have to. Well, I actually I can't send you one tomorrow. I'm still in quarantine. Well, we're Uh, gonna get get out of quarantine. (laughs) When I get out of quarantine, I'll write it in my phone when we hang up, and I'll send you a calendar. But uh, we do a Buzzes Bunch T-shirt every year, different colors, and then kind of like when you would go to a concert and it would have the tour dates. Uh, We have one. uh, The logo is. Blue and gold in honor of the those families from Milwaukee, uh, maroon and orange from Virginia Tech. And then obviously now the, the color scheme is maroon and white. And so uh, all of those families the whole time, uh, some of those kids are now in college. Uh, some of those kids are now in high school. Some of those kids uh, will never be able to go to college. So every story is unique and every situation is specific to that family but it's um, I hope in many respects more so than something that happens on the floor I hope those relationships are part of the legacy that we leave relative to that organization
0: coach I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this snippet uh, out and every time I hear somebody uh, complain about all the things that are wrong with college basketball and our environment or just to remind myself when I get frustrated you know This is what's great about college basketball: these opportunities and what you're doing with your program, and what everybody's invested in that. Look at all the players that are invested in that over the course of time. I mean, we're talking. I'll tell you.
2: I'll tell you one more thing. I'll tell you one more thing, and I'll be as succinct as possible. I was thinking about it as I was answering that question. Uh, We started the podcast when we were talking about. um, So, by the the way, Buzz
0: is like me; he's got voices in his head.
2: (laughs) I have. I have too many. I don't have to wear earbuds. Uh, because I, I have all the, I have all the voices I need in my own mind. Um, you asked me about the 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 clinic that you and I started, yeah. and the, the you know the original the, the the name of the clinic was the bastards. Yeah, the, and I know that's that, that, that's a word that needs to yeah. be scrubbed out. Sure but it is. was it was my view on did that person earn their own way to where they're at that it was nothing was ever given to him. Mayville is what led you to be a part of that. Um, And so nobody, uh, you know, Kevin O'Neill was a part of the fired coaching group that was there. Uh, Kevin O'Neill hired me to work at camp when I was 19 years old at Marquette. So as I was answering your question about Buzz's Bunch, I wanted to say this, uh, when you were talking about the former players. So after my 10th year as a head coach, I decided during my 10th year, I wanted to have a way to honor all of the people that had been a part of those 10 years. And so um, my wife and I began to save money for this 10 year reunion. And it was gonna be a weekend long deal. And we were gonna invite every former player, every former manager, every former student trainer, every former assistant, along with every person that I worked for along with every president, A.D. and vice president that was a part of hiring me as a head coach. We're going to fly them all to Blacksburg. We're going to rent out a hotel Uh, on Thursday night. All the players are going to come to my house Uh, on Friday. All of the adults are going to come to my house on Saturday night. We're going to rent out a restaurant and we're going to have a banquet on Friday afternoon. We're gonna play uh, current guys versus old guys in a softball game. There you go. Uh, in the mornings, uh, hey, if you played for us from 2000, uh, you know eight to 2012, this is when you can go in the weight room. This is when you can go on the court. Uh, everybody's coming. Jimmy came. Jay came. Darius Johnson Odom came. The guys whose names you don't know came. It was 106 players, and uh, 102 of the 106 were able to make it. Chris O'Toole was in uh, France playing and couldn't make it. David Kubian was having visa issues and couldn't make it. Tim Tillman, who played for us at new Orleans as a principal in Philadelphia, he was having in service. And then one other player, uh, we, it just, it wouldn't work Mm -hmm. out, but we had all of the adults, uh, VPs, ADs, everybody there was really cool. And we did it, Tim, uh, on the weekend of Buzz's Bunch. Ah. So Buzz's Bunch the camp has always been the first Saturday in August every year. And so every kid and or adult no matter when they were a part of the program has participated in Buzz's Bunch. So on our on the anniversary of the conclusion of my 10th year as a head coach, that first weekend in August is when we had the 10 year anniversary but also when all of those kids that were a part of Buzz's bunch were able to see all of those guys. And so like uh, we had multiple families travel from Wisconsin to Virginia like it was ultra, ultra special.
0: That's awesome. I, you know, I was actually planning. on I was a division one, or I was a head coach 24 years and I was planning on a similar event. Uh, all the guys from Mayville, Southwest Minnesota state, NDSU, CSU, Nebraska, we were going to meet in one spot. Same thing. I love now. Mine wasn't as, uh, thorough as yours. Like all the guys that hired me and stuff. Now, now I got yep. a new idea. Thanks. This is awesome. But how, how cool is Buzz's bunch being kind of that conduit that connects everybody or, I, I, you know, uh, and brings them along. That's awesome. Well, you're in, you're in quarantine, what in the hell is going on? Talk to me. What is your current situation? You guys have just been through a traumatic storm that was deadly in your state, right there, right through College Station, Houston, the whole area. No lights, no power. Just talk to us. How's everybody doing? How are yeah. your guys? Yeah, I know your, your people, you opened up your guys' gym as a warming station, so to speak, for the community. I mean, unbelievable. Talk to us about this.
2: Well, we it's um, obviously everything that has transpired this season, um, arguably the past 11 months, has been unprecedented, whether you're talking about college athletics or not. Um, we had zero positive test, Coach, uh, from the time we came back in the fall until February the 2nd. Uh, we had played at Kansas State in the Big 12 Um sec challenge that was on a saturday came back on sunday that was our day off we practiced on monday which was february the 1st the sec mandates which days of the week you test monday is a day that we test we got those results of monday's test on tuesday prior to beginning to work on tuesday and we had our first positive test once you receive a positive test in tier one That signifies a different level of protocol and without just going through it step by step uh, over the last 24 days. But basically, you have to enter another testing protocol. And we began to have multiple positive tests with each passing day throughout that first week of February. And then what happens is is, uh, you have to have consecutive days of negative tests, even for those that are quarantined. So uh, the storm that you mentioned uh, was early last week. And um, I'm from Texas,
0: right? Mid-month.
2: Yeah, I I haven't lived in Texas in a long time, uh, but it was the worst snowstorm in the history of Texas. Uh, Everybody lost their power uh, to some degree. Most people in this part of this county lost their water. Uh, And so Texas A&M was incredibly kind uh people they literally didn't have lights and didn't have heat and it's the coldest consecutive days uh in texas history it's not like the afternoon so they,
0: warms up to 50 degrees
2: yeah they did they did open up reed arena um so for us uh we were on the back side of the first pause that we were going through uh we had been able to practice with um a few guys, not enough guys to play, but we were we were on the rebound and then the lab um, that does our PCR test was closed during the snowstorm. So we worked last Monday and Tuesday and then because of the snowstorm, the weather canceled um, our Wednesday game. So we worked again on Thursday and we're about to work on Friday. Uh, Five days ago, and we received the test from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday back and had another positive. So we had not not everybody that had uh, become infected. The first round had been cleared to go back to uh, work. And the reason they hadn't been cleared is because there was a three day span where the doctor's offices were closed. And then when we were about to go back to work, uh, two of our players were actually at the physician's office in order to get the first step of clearance for the ramp back to return to play. And that was when uh, our medical people found out about the positive test from the snowstorm. So uh, today is Wednesday. Um, we got the test on back on friday so now we had another positive test in tier one but now we have to retest again and get consecutive days of negative before you can do anything else and so it's uh it's unlike anything that i have seen uh and you know harvard business school doesn't have any case studies on this yeah um there's there's, no there's no blueprint that uh you you do the best you can Uh, with what you have that particular day. And we have been incredibly vigilant, very serious about how we have went about the virus and went a remarkably long time with zero positives. Um, We were coming off arguably the best week we had played. Uh, LSU beat us um, at home, but we, we played together. We played hard. We didn't kick the ball all over the gym went to Manhattan, played better. Uh, I know that they've been playing really well over the last couple of weeks. And then over the last 24 days, um, there are multiple guys on our team that have not practiced since the Monday after Kansas State. Uh, There are some guys on our team that have been available to practice every day since then, but that number is a very low number. And so we're able to do quarantine workouts now, which is one guy on one rim, one guy on another rim. Um, That's the most you can have in the gym. And then uh, we have some uh, weight racks outside at Kyle Field, the football stadium, and they can have three guys at a time out there. So we've been spending six hours in the morning, two guys in the gym at a time, and then four hours in the afternoon, three guys at a time. Uh, we did that Monday. We did that yesterday. Today is our off day of the week. We'll do that again tomorrow. And as of now, uh, we're most of us are able to get out of the quarantine on Friday. So wow. we'll just have, kind of have to see how how the how this all plays out.
0: Well, just say just make sure you win on Tuesday. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I,
2: I hope that we can win, uh, like any other coach. And and I don't know that this is what a coach is supposed to say but i would like to just to be able to play.
0: Yeah. Uh, this no, has been exactly it's
2: been hard. really hard on our guys.
0: Yeah, i and of course i was in jest uh but but you're right. This is the most trying part cuz you know, we're just trying to do what we love. And yep. and there's there's so many, you know, things that you have to, you know, concern yourself with and and you've handled this exceptionally. Well, i can't uh, imagine how it's it's been especially now when you throw on Oh, oh, by the way, we're in a pandemic. Oh, by the way, it's the worst storm, a deadly storm. Oh, you know, the old, all the, Oh, by the ways. And I don't know how you do it, man, but that's why but I have you on it's inside. Forced you, Line it's
2: forced you to reevaluate everything. <laughs> you know, uh, the last 11 months, it, if, if you're trying to pay attention, it's forced you to reevaluate every part of your life. And then as a coach, obviously it's forced me uh, to try to reevaluate every part of our program. You know, I, I've tried to stay on top as teams went on pause their coaches over the last seven months, trying to learn from it. You know, uh, there's been multiple, you know, South Carolina was on pause two different times. One was yeah, over a month. Was- One was two weeks. Um, that Texas was on pause for 20 days. South Florida was on pause for a month. I mean, Cincinnati was on pause for over a month. There's, there's a lot of teams that have had pauses and, the, the issue is is every situation is a little different and uh, the county handles it differently the yeah. school handles it differently the conference so there's it's not all uniform but every situation is specific and you know it's um, you, you you can't control the something that's unseen but you try to control your response and how you lead and and how you work and it's Uh, It's just been very difficult to manage because each kid is in a different situation. Where is he at? Has he been infected? What, what group is he in if he hasn't been? And so it's, it's unlike anything that any of us have ever been through. While at the same time, I understand uh, you, you still have a, a responsibility to do the best you can, but the number one responsibility is to take care of the health and safety of the kids that you coach and the, and the promise that you made to their parents to take care of.
0: Yeah. When mom and dad hand them over, that's the most critical part, right? That's right. Coach, man, this has just been awesome. This is time has flown I by. I really
2: appreciate the opportunity to be on. I've I i, I I've listened to every single one you've oh, done. You. Uh, you know how much respect I have for you and admiration you. for you as a coach and just as important as a person. It's been fun. I um my I don't know how to do everything technology wise, but my, my children help me with it. And so uh, every time you post one, it pops up on my podcast. And when awesome. I go on walks and when I can't sleep at night, I listen to a lot. <laughs> I have I, the, actually, this is, this is one of my notebooks where I take all of the notes from what I've learned from the guests that you've had on.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you very much. And um, I've, I've learned a great deal from you today. So thank you, Buzz. I appreciate um, it, coach. Good to ab- see you. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, inside the mind of miles, Buzz Williams. Check them out in person or when you can check them out uh, on TV and see how A&M bounces back. CoachBuzzWilliams.com. CoachBuzzWilliams.com is exceptional. And what you're doing, Buzz, is phenomenal. Thank you very much for being on. Go get them. Good luck.
2: Thank you so much, Coach. Take care.
0: Thanks.